Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to this episode, which is a little bit more of a story time than it is a class. Ordinarily, these episodes are designed to be lessons or classes to inspire you in your own practice of embodied sensual living at home. But today is a story called Chocolate, a story of liberation. Last year, I was in Hawaii around this time of year, and I was in Kauai and went to a chocolate farm, which was basically an orchard of cacao trees and did a tour and there was a chocolate tasting it's called lydgate farms highly recommend and i was really moved by learning a bit about the history and the complexity of chocolate and its origin ingredient cacao cacao contains a chemical compound called theobromide which literally translates to food of the gods and what really moved me about learning more about the history of chocolate and experiencing all of these different varieties of chocolate from around the world, including chocolate that had been made there on that very own farm from the cacao beans that we had tasted moments ago, was that when the Spanish invaded and colonized the Mayan culture, one of the things that they did was to steal from the tombs of the elite dead. And there was an expectation that inside those tombs, they would find treasures and gold. And what they found were millions and millions of cacao beans. Because of the close connection between the sacred and cacao and the immense value that it brought to the Mayan culture. 
and that the Spanish brought cacao back to Spain and kind of kept it a secret for a while. And then the English found out about cacao and began crafting milk chocolate, which is this very milky, creamy, sweetened form of this medicine. And I was really struck by the metaphor of that and remembering when I used to work in salons, so I'm an esthetician and I used to work in hair salons and there was this one hair salon where there was a candy dish and a cookie basket for the clients. And it was so interesting to watch women's behavior as they would come in and observe the basket and perhaps take from the basket. And it was so rare to see a woman take from the basket without some sort of commentary about her naughtiness and how out of control she was and how she shouldn't be doing this, but she felt compelled. And women will often call themselves chocoholics. You know, we have the name devil's food for very chocolatey desserts. And what I just think is so interesting about that is the way that chocolate is so intricately linked with sensuality and desire and this almost dark, compelling eroticism. And it reminds me of the article, Uses of the Erotic, The Erotic is Power by Audre Lorde, in which she describes the way in which the erotic is a considerable source of power and information in our lives a deeply female and spiritual plane firmly rooted in the power of our unexpressed or unrecognized feeling. These are all direct quotes. And my favorite part, the part that resonates most deeply with me, is when she talks about the pornographic and how the erotic is painted or confused with its opposite, the pornographic. But that the pornographic is a direct denial of the power of the erotic, for it represents the suppression of true feeling. Pornography emphasizes sensation without feeling. I will put a link to this article in the show notes, not just the written article, but also an audio on YouTube where you can hear her reading this article, which is a really profound and powerful way to connect with it. And so when I was there in Hawaii touring the chocolate farm, there was a moment where we were tasting all of these delicious, highly potent cacao wonders. And we came to milk chocolate. And after tasting these rich, gorgeous, intricate bouquets of flavor that were very clearly rooted in the medicine of cacao. And when we came to the milk chocolate and I allowed that to dissolve on my tongue, there was a pad of tasting notes that we were encouraged to keep. And I wrote down under my tasting notes for milk chocolate, rape culture. (laughs) Because to me, it just tasted like the violation And the literal sweetening and sugaring up that creates the sensation of medicine 
without feeling. And don't get me wrong, I love milk chocolate. I prefer it to dark chocolate, actually. But what really struck me about this experience was the way in which we can ever have enough of what we don't really need. And when I remembered the women pulling those chocolate cookies and making the commentary about what was going on in their inner world around their choice and how they might be perceived in the outer world, it just reminded me of how women are often painted as having this addiction to sweet chocolate and that perhaps what we're really doing is we're seeking to pull out the true medicine that is diluted by the sugar and milk. And once again, to tie that back to the erotic, it's almost like the sugar and the milk emphasize sensation without real feeling. And the reason I wanted to share this with you today is because this has been a metaphor for my relationship with embodiment. And this is the final week to join the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Program, which is my signature six-month coaching experience. But that aside, whether you decide to deepen your experience of embodiment through coaching or not, another story I want to put into your field is The Princess and the Pea. You might remember that The Princess and the Pea is a fairy tale about a princess who is being tested out by her potential mother-in-law and she sleeps on a pile of mattresses but she can't sleep because under one of the mattresses is a little tiny pea and the princess is so sensitive that she actually feels the pea and reports it back and that is what allows her to be put in her mother-in-law's good graces which I think is a really cool story Because embodiment is all about a practice of turning towards. And for so many of the souls who are attracted to my work, you might identify as a highly sensitive person or just a sensitive person. And that sensitivity has been both an asset and a liability in the world that we live in, where your sensitivity in the brilliant gift of your empathy and your ability to feel is seen as a need to toughen up. And yet the courage to feel is its own kind of toughness, to seek past the numbing of the sugar and milk and get through to the true medicine at the heart of an experience. And I recently sent out an email with my own experience this past year, turning towards the pea that has been under my mattress for a really long time. And I wanted to share with you three pieces of medicine that I have received in the process of that journey. After years of trying to grate down the gunpowder of my true yearnings, here is what I have learned. Whatever gets destroyed in the name of not abandoning myself was never mine in the first place. Getting what my ego wants will never be enough if my soul doesn't get what it needs. 
And while it may feel irresponsible and like it will destroy the life I've created to turn towards my deepest yearnings, it is even more irresponsible and destructive not to. Everything you need to become the woman you want to be is located in one place, the pea that is under your mattress. The princess was never high maintenance. She was just a woman who knew how to feel and told the truth about it. And if you feel called to work together, I would be honored to take that pearl that is yours alone and help you turn it into power. Thank you so much for listening. If working together is something that you'd like to explore, you can head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. I hope that you have enjoyed this story hour and we will be back to our regularly scheduled gems in the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. See you next time.